This is ARN. Decidedly Christian, distinctly biblical, and just a little bit nuts. This is Squirrel Chatter. And welcome to the Piney Woods, ladies and gentlemen. I am your squirrel, the host, coming to you from the ARN studios, high atop the tallest tree in the Piney Woods. Good to have you with us. It is Monday, January 8th, 2024, beginning the second full week of 2024. Here we go. This is Squirrel Chatter. A podcast dedicated to scripture, theology, history, current events, and whatever else I want to talk about. We webcast every Monday through Friday at 7.30 a.m. Mountain on Twitter, Facebook, and Rumble. And the podcast is available for download wherever you find fine podcasts. Squirrel Chatter is a proud member of the Christian Podcast Community. You can head on over to ChristianPodcastCommunity.com. Check out all the great curated podcasts that are over there. You are certain to find something worth listening to. I guarantee it. All right. Well, happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. We had a a good day yesterday at church. I hope you did as well. Um, Saturday was just a quiet day with Mrs. Squirrel and I here around the house. Um, Watched some some TV. Um, What was the... Oh, we watched... Finally got around to watching The Night Agent on... on, uh, Netflix over the weekend, and uh, oh, fantastic show, fantastic show, uh, edge of the seat, lots of twists, you 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 you, you don't see things coming, uh, which is, you know, entertaining, um, kind of very much a twenty four esque show in a way, um, I, I I got the same sort of vibe. That I got over watching 24, which was a fabulous show. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely, you know, ran its course. But, uh, but yeah, I loved 24. And uh, this, this show has kind of the same sort of vibe. Um, you know, trying to figure out what's going on and, and, and always on the run and, and, it was just a. It was a good, good show. Um, well acted, good cast, and uh, I think there was eight or ten episodes. I'm not sure. We enjoyed that, and then we watched another, uh, another show over the weekend, which was. Uh, so we didn't watch them both over the weekend, but in the last part of the week, we were watching these two shows on Netflix. That one, and what was the other one? Um, it was a British fool me twice. Um, and a woman whose, whose wife and, and uh, husband are murdered and she's the, the whole investigation and all of that. And it had some twists and turns. It was very well done as well. Um, also just fabulous actors I've never even heard of that just did a good show. And uh, very much enjoyed that. And then yesterday we had uh, church. And uh, first Sunday of the month, so we had communion. 
and just a just a wonderful wonderful time with the church family. The only down point yesterday, well, there were two. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons lost, and not only did the Atlanta Falcons lost, they lost to the Saints. I mean, come on. Um, not that the Saints aren't a good team, but it's that's the rivalry, <laughs> and you hate to lose to your rival. And uh, I haven't watched the game. Apparently, there were some shenanigans at the end of the game, and and uh, some lost tempers, and and that's never good to see. But uh, um, I do believe uh, as this season draws to a close, Atlanta is looking for a new head coach. <laughs> I don't know that that's been announced yet. Um, but it has not uh, has not been a good year. So I, I'm I'm expecting Smith will be gone, and uh, the Falcons will be getting a new head coach, and the sooner the better, in my opinion, as a Falcons fan. But the big the big bummer yesterday was the Grizzly loss, and we'll talk about that in Monday meanderings, which is coming up because today is Monday. Let's look at what we got coming up. Let's get into our program. We got scripture reading. We got prayers from the Book of Common Prayer. And we have a reading from John MacArthur's Daily Readings from the Life of Christ. And then the aforementioned Monday Meanderings. So let's get with it, shall we? Mm. And uh, I am drinking coffee from my Waffle House coffee mug, even though I am probably thousands of miles from the closest Waffle House, which is really sad. I, I, the, the, now that we have a Chick-fil-A in Missoula, I'm, I'm pulling for an In-N-Out burger and a Waffle House. If we get a Chick-fil-A, an In-N-Out burger, and a Waffle House, I will be a happy and contented 350-pound unhealthy man. <laughs> but I will enjoy my, uh, uh, smothered, peppered, and country hash browns, and uh, my double-double animal style, and uh, my Chick-fil-A sandwiches, and just watch my waistline expand. We'll try to avoid that, but yeah, I would love to have a Waffle House, and I would love to have an In-N-Out Burger to join our Chick-fil-A in Missoula. Took me four days, but I finally have had Chick-fil-A for 2024 um, on uh, the 4th. Mrs. Squirrel and I had a shopping trip to Missoula that included lunch at Chick-fil-A, and uh, it was marvelous. Um, spicy chicken sandwich, waffle fries dipped in Chick-fil-A sauce, big unsweetened iced tea. Oh, it was good. It was good. Um, and probably... Do it again this week. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but uh, always a good time. All right, let's get to our scripture reading as we can. Actually, let's begin as we, is our practice. I'm, I'm discombobulated this morning. I apologize. I did not sleep well last night. Just tossing and turning. Woke up. Woke up at three thirty. Could not go back to sleep. Um, started listening to a lecture series from the learning company on uh, the year 1215 um, which of course the year the Magna Carta was signed and there were and 
just an interesting, interesting show, uh, lecture. Uh, I can't remember the, the, the lecturer's name. I'd have to look it up, but, uh, um, she's, I, I, I actually picked it up, um, bought it from iTunes, uh, because it was, uh, she, uh, oh, how do I, she, uh, is the, I listened to her lecture series on King Arthur, um, which was really good. Um, it was all history and myth and, and all this very interesting. And she is a, she is a historian and, uh, she also did a great series on the black death, which, which was really good, but I don't remember her name. <laughs> um, but this series on, on the year 1215 was, was very interesting all about King John and everything that he screwed up and, and, uh, and all of, all of that. And, you know, the, the Magna Carta and then Genghis Khan, cause that was the year that he sacked, uh, Beijing, um, just all sorts of stuff going on that year, uh, even touches on the Pueblo culture in, uh, the Americas, um, which of course was, you know, would have been, well, let's see, Columbus discovered the, the, the North America in uh, 1492 and so we're just talking, you know, less than, or just over 20 years after Columbus, Columbus's voyage. So Europe was, was newly acquainted with North America, but I don't think they'd gotten to the Southwest yet. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not actually up on the early exploration of the Americas. As far as the timeline goes, um, that'd be an interesting subject. But you know, it's it's a it's a it, it was an interesting lecture series. And I, I was, but I listened to probably two hours, two and a half hours of lectures, and then fell asleep right before my alarm went off. So I'm, I will admit, I'm having a bit of a rough morning this morning. I'm probably going to give you a compact edition of. Uh, um, Monday meanderings when we get to it so that I can uh, uh, maybe take a nap or something. <laughs> um, gotta, I actually have some stuff I got to get done today, so we'll, we'll figure how that goes. So let us now begin, as is our practice, with the prayer of confession from the 2019 Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And apart from your grace, there is no health in us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare all those who confess their faults. Restore all those who are penitent according to your promises declared to all people in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may now live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of your holy name. 
Amen. Grant to your faithful people, merciful Lord, pardon and peace, that we may be cleansed from all our sins and serve you with a quiet mind. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now our prayer for the reading of the word. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and the comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Our scripture reading today is Genesis 19 and Psalm 19. All right. Genesis 19. Then the two angels came to Sodom in the evening as Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. Lot saw them and rose to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. And he said, Now behold, my lords, please turn aside into your servant's house and spend the night, and wash your feet, then you may rise early and go on your way. They said, However, no, but we will spend the night in the square. Yet he pressed them strongly. So they turned aside to him and entered his house, and he made a feast for them and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. Before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, surrounded the house, from young to old, all the people from every quarter. And they called to Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them. But Lot went out to them at the doorway and shut the door behind him, and said, Please, my brothers, do not act wickedly. Now behold, I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please let me bring them out to you, and do to them what is good in your eyes. Only do nothing to these men inasmuch as they have come under the shelter of my roof. But they said, Step aside. Furthermore, they said, This one came to sojourn, and already he is persistently acting like a judge. Now we will treat you more wickedly than them. So they pressed hard against Lot and stepped up to break the door. But the men reached out their hands and brought Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness from small to great, so that they wearied themselves trying to find the doorway. Then the two men said to Lot, Whom else have you here? A son-in-law and your sons and your daughters and everyone you have in the city. Bring them out of the place. For we are about to destroy this place, because their outcry has become great before Yahweh. So Yahweh has sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, who were to marry his daughters, and said, Get up, get out of this place, for Yahweh will destroy the city. But he appeared to his sons-in-law to be jesting. Now at the breaking of dawn the angels urged Lot, saying, Get up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. But he hesitated. So the men seized his hand and the hand of his wife and the hands of his two daughters, for the compassion of Yahweh was upon him, and they brought him out and put him outside the city. Now it happened, as they brought them outside, one said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you, and do not stay anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains, lest you be swept away. But Lot said to them, O oh, no, my lords, now behold, your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have magnified your loving kindness. 
which you have shown me by preserving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains, lest calamity overtake me and I die. Now behold, this town is near enough to flee to, and it is small. Please let me escape there. Is it not small, that my life may be preserved? And he said to him, Behold, I grant you this request also, that I will not overthrow the city of which you have spoken. Hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar. The sun had risen over the earth when Lot came to Zoar, and Yahweh rained on Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from Yahweh out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the valley, and all the inhabitants of the cities, and what grew on the ground. Then his wife from behind him looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. Now Abraham arose early in the morning and went to the place where he had stood before Yahweh. And he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the valley. And he saw, and behold, the smoke of the land went up like the smoke of a furnace. Thus it happened when God destroyed the cities of the valley, that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot lived. And Lot went up from Zoar and stayed in the mountains and his two daughters with him, for he was afraid to stay in Zoar, and he stayed in a cave, he and his two daughters. Then the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man on earth to come in to us after the manner of the earth. Come, let us make our father drunk with wine, and let us lie with him, that we may preserve our seed through our father. So they made their father drunk with wine that night, and the firstborn went in and lay with her father, and he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. Now it happened on the following day that the firstborn said to the younger, Behold, I lay last night with my father. Let us make him drunk, drink wine also tonight, and you go in and lie with him, that we may preserve our seed through our father. So they made their father drunk with wine that night also, and the younger arose and lay with him. And he did not know when she lay down or when she rose. Then both the daughters of Lot conceived by their father. And the firstborn bore a son and called his name Moab. He is the father of the Moabites to this day. As for the younger, she also bore a son and called his name Ben-Ami. He is the father of the sons of Ammon to this day. And now, Psalm 19. For the choir director. A Psalm of David. The heavens are telling of the glory of God, and the expanse is de declaring the work of his hands. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out throughout all the earth, and their utterances to the end of the world. In them he has placed a tent for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. It rejoices as a strong man to run his course. Its rising is from one end of the heavens and its circuit to the other end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of Yahweh is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of Yahweh is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of Yahweh are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of Yahweh is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of Yahweh is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of Yahweh are true, they are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold, even more than much fine gold. 
sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your slave is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Acquit me of hidden faults. Also, keep back your slave from presumptuous sins. Let them not rule over me, then I will be blameless, and I shall be acquitted of great transgressions. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Yahweh, my rock and my redeemer. And now our reading from Daily Readings from the Life of Christ by John MacArthur. Today's um, devotional is entitled, Worry is a Sin. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life, as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Matthew 6.25 For Christians to worry is to be disobedient and unfaithful to God. Nothing in our lives, internal or external, justifies our being anxious when God is our master. Worry is basically the sin of distrusting the promise and providence of God, and yet it is a sin Christians commit perhaps more frequently than any other. In the Greek, the tense of Jesus' command includes the idea of stopping what is already being done. We are to stop worrying and never start again. The English term worry comes from an old German word meaning to strangle or to choke. That's exactly what worry does. It's a type of mental and emotional strangulation that probably causes more mental and physical afflictions than any other single cause. The substance of worry, worry is nearly always extremely small compared, com, excuse me, the substance of worry, <clears throat> the, the enunciator is not working today. The substance of worry is nearly always extremely small compared to the size it forms in our minds and the damage it does in our lives. It has been said that worry is a thin stream of fear that trickles through the mind that, when encouraged, will cut a channel so wide that all other thoughts will be drained out. If worrying is a pattern in your life, stop now. In the days to follow, you'll learn why you should trust your Father and stop worrying. Ask yourself, would you categorize yourself as a worrier? If so, what do you think has driven you to choose to the given you, given you to choose the perceived relief of worry over the actual relief of trusting God? If not, what has tipped your heart in favor of less worry and more confidence and contentment? Good word, because worry is a common problem, not just among Christians, that's just in the world. Anxiety and worry, and, and we are not to be anxious over anything, because our God is sovereign and he is in control. All right, it is Monday, so it's time for Monday Meanderings, and uh, it is with a heavy heart that I tell you if you we're not aware of it. The Montana Grizzlies lost to the South Dakota State Jackrabbits yesterday, 23-3. to um, It was a good game. Two excellent teams. 
they were the one in two seeds going into the playoff and indeed one beat two in the championship. Um, the Grizz were not favored to win. Um, I was hoping they would, you know, at least score a touchdown. Um, they were not able to get into the end zone. Um, came close a couple of times. Um, and, and honestly, a missed reception in the end zone that should have been a pass interference call. But, uh, that was the big thing. That was some very questionable officiating. Um, there is a, I've got to find a picture of it and I may even have to go back to ESPN plus and scroll through the game until I can find the image. But it's one of the Grizz defensive linemen and the entire right shoulder and uh, sleeve of his jersey has been ripped off. And there was not a holding call. The holding was bad. And I, I think there was only one holding call and it was against the Grizzlies. But the Jackrabbits were holding every down, it looked like. Um, their, their quarterback should have been sacked multiple times um, if they hadn't been holding or the, they should have been backed up multiple times if those holding calls had been made. Um, and then there was that pass, pass interference in the end zone which should have gone against the Jackrabbits. Um, so the, the play officiating was not the best. But having said that, the Jackrabbits were huge. The, uh, their, their players were massive. Um, and and the, the Grizz, I think the Grizz gave them one of the toughest games they've had all year. Um, and it really, I mean, at the, at the halftime, it was seven to three. Um, both teams had scored once. Um, the entire first quarter was two drives, a scoring drive by the Jackrabbits and a scoring drive by the Grizzlies as each team slowly and methodically marched down the field. Um, the, the Jackrabbits got a touchdown and the Grizz got a, a field goal and, and well, the, the Grizz field goal came right at the beginning of the second quarter, but they had marched down the field um, in the first quarter, and then the 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 rest of the second quarter there was no score. It was just defense and defense, and just some fabulous stuff. Uh, Jackrabbits turned it over twice. Grizz would later turn it over twice in the third quarter. Um, I believe the the turnover ratio was was uh I don't have the stats in front of me but I think it was balanced I think each team turned the ball over twice um the Grizz just weren't able to get rolling um the Jackrabbit defense was tough um it was but it was uh it was a good game I think the the Grizz did very very well um and and, and this is the thing about you know once you get into the playoffs, this is this is probably the saddest thing about playoffs to a championship. Now, I prefer a playoff system where you know you you get down to the final victor. Um, but once you get into the playoffs, unless you win it all, 
you will lose your last game. And it always seems like that's a, a bummer way to end the season. Um, you're going to lose your last game. Your season ends with a loss. Um, and that's that's true whether it's the first round of the playoffs or the championship. Winner advances, losers out. Um, and that's that's tough. That, that can be tough. But, you know, there were only two teams playing in Texas. Out of all the FCS teams, it came down to two. Um, there were a lot of teams that didn't get to play. Um, and so, you know, as a, as a Grizzly fan, I am very proud of our team. I'm going to miss the senior class as, as they graduate and move on. But, uh, oh, bright hope. (laughs) We've got some, some solid underclassmen and we've got some new recruits that, that signed up on signing day a few weeks ago, um, the Hawaii connection continues. Um, we've got Brian Iot's son, um, who's very likely to be our starting quarterback last year or next year. He played several games this year, um, as many as he was allowed to as a redshirt. Um, but it looks like we'll have him for four more seasons because he redshirted this year. And he did play the final Grizz series there in Frisco. Um, by the end of the game, we had no no chance of coming back. The, the and frankly, it was the third quarter. the The third quarter, we just fell apart, um, and it took a while to get back. We got the the kickoff to start the third quarter. We had a good drive going, and then there was a fumble and a turnover and that took the wind out of the Grizz sails. The The defense didn't play well when they came on the field after that turnover and the Jackrabbits scored and it just, it took, you know, they had, they had to get back on top, back in their heads. And, and uh, by the time they did, because the fourth quarter was, the fourth quarter was like the second quarter. And just a tough defense battle, but that third quarter had had really had capped it because the the Jackrabbits were able to to go up on top, and so twenty three to three was the final score. Um, wish the Grizz had gotten a touchdown. Um, or, let's be honest, I wish the Grizz had won. But I'd, I'd at least like to have seen a touchdown. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good game. Both teams played hard. I, I have some questions about the officiating. Um, I really, you know, it would be nice if the official crew had to do a press conference after every game. I would like that. I'd like them to have to stand there and explain their calls or lack of calls. I think I should do that at college level, and they should do that at the at the uh, uh, pro level, especially. I want them to have to give an account, and I'd like to see some more. I, I would like to see a a neutral body review 
every game and rate the officials and that there be some sort of consequences to bad officiating. Um, Unfortunately, there's no way to um, bring back, you know, I mean, there's no do-overs. The game's over. You can't go replay the game. Um, So there's no way to really correct bad officiating, but there need to be consequences to it. Um, There needs to be some sort of, you know, accountability for the officials. And, and right now, there really isn't. There's never an apology. There's never, you know, there's never anything when the officials just tank it. And I'm not saying that they just tanked it yesterday, but it was not, you know, they just didn't call anything. And, and there are a lot of stuff they should have called. I mean, when a... When a defensive lineman gets his jersey torn off, there was holding. <laughs> Somebody grabbed a hold of him and held him hard enough to rip his jersey. And there should be, uh, you know, repercussions for that, for failing to, to make the right calls. Um, I don't know what it should be. I mean, you know, I, I'm not saying take him out behind the stadium and shoot him. But there needs to be some sort of repercussion to it. Um, and apologies issued. And, and admission that it got screwed up. I'd like to see that at all levels of sport. But the officials are not, they're, they're unimpeachable, it seems like. There's no, um, I mean, there have been instances when, Coaches have been fined for complaining about the officials, um, which isn't right. It's like they're untouchable, and that's not the way it ought to be. Well, uh, mentioned it last week. Uh, last Tuesday, <laughs> Claudine Gay resigned. Um, apparently, she was uh, in Italy or France. I'm not sure. She was on vacation when uh, she got the call telling her she was resigning. Yeah, hi, we're we're from Harvard, and we're here to inform you that you are voluntarily resigning. Now, the, the I think we all knew it was coming, and uh, the, the president of MIT is not out of the woods yet either, but uh, two of the three college presidents that, had that horrible testimony before Congress about the anti-Semitism on campus. Two of them have now resigned. Uh, the, the McGill, the president at Penn State, and Gay, the president at Harvard, have both resigned. Now, Gay's resi- resignation letter you know, didn't, of course, admit to anything or apologize for anything. It was entirely, I'm being forced out because I'm black and everybody's racist, um, which is exactly what you would expect from a DEI hire. Um, she wasn't qualified to be president of Harvard. She wasn't qualified to be a tenured president, a tenured professor at Harvard, let alone president. 
But guess what? <laughs> She's still a tenured professor at Harvard. She's just no longer president. And she gets to keep her $900,000 a year salary. Um, what a... Reminds me of when... Uh, there's, and I got to admit, there is a lot about the Claudine Gay stuff that reminds me of Ergen Cantor and Liberty University Seminary a decade ago. Um, I remember the... Uh, um, what was the contradictory factual statements trying to remember how the, the Liberty university finding was worded where they, they, they basically said, yeah, Canner lied, but they wouldn't say he lied. They just said he made factual statements that were contradictory or something. I, I can't remember. Because, you know, you could prove he was lying by his own words because he told two different stories, sometimes three different stories, about stuff that had happened, and uh, none of it was true. None of it, yeah, he didn't take, he didn't say the truth at all, but, uh, um, but I remember uh, non-factual, I, I can't remember, contradictory statements that were non-factual. I'd have to go back, it's been a long time since I've read that statement that was put out by uh, uh, Boz Tavisian, who was law school professor at Liberty at the time, which is one of those reasons why I don't really trust the guy, just putting that out there. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, so that was that. Was that. Um, you know, uh, he's still a force in evangelicalism that should be ignored. And that's a topic for another time. Um, but then Claudine Gay, you know, when she, you know, the, the finding from the board of Harvard was that uh, she used duplicative language, not that she plagiarized, but that she used duplicative language. And there were over, over 50 examples of plagiarism that had been brought forth before they finally told her that she was going to voluntarily resign because um, they can't say they fired her. You know, it's just, it's, uh, but they asked for her resignation. That was, that was the deal there. So Claudine Gay is gone and nothing is going to change at Harvard. Nothing is going to change at any of these Poison Ivy schools. Um, quite honestly, federal funding and federal grants need to be removed from all of these colleges. Our taxes shouldn't support it. Um, most college degrees are not worth the thousands of dollars that are spent on them. Um, college has become the new high school, but it's much more expensive than high school. What do I mean by the new high school? A lot of your people who are leaving high school and going into college have no idea what they want to do. So they're going in and taking, you know, meaningless classes. They're not working towards, um, 
useful degrees, um, and yet they're spending tons of money. You go back a hundred years ago, high schools were started to train teachers. That was the purpose of high school. And to teach at the high school level, you had to be a graduate of high school. Now you have to be a college graduate and a licensed educator, um, which is one of the ways that the education system has been corrupted because it has been completely taken over by this academic elite. Um, and we've talked about that a lot. And I, I would again urge you, Christian, get your kids out of public education. Don't send them to these liberal colleges and certainly don't, you know, get them out of the high schools. Um, get them out of the grade schools. Homeschool your kids. Send them to a Christian school. There's there's plenty of help for homeschooling, and there is a lot of good Christian schools that you can send your kids to. Um, but you know, getting them out of the public education system would be a good thing. Um, and so I would urge you to do that. Um, because our education system... You know, it, it reaches a point when you need to tear it down and start over. Um, it, it, it's, it can't be fixed. <laughs> um, I, I remember uh, when I was the head of security at a lumber mill. And uh, the guardhouse was a big, big building. Um, more than you think of for a guardhouse. Because it also used to be the time shack. And so you had this back room that was the time shack, and then you had the front room that was the guardhouse. And the guardhouse had three rooms. There was a break room, well, four rooms counting the bathroom. There was a break room. There was the restroom. There was uh, a, a small office for the head of security, which I never used, um, and because I was sitting on the main desk at the uh, up front. Uh, and so the, it, but the back end was, had been converted into an office for the gentleman who handled all of the company housing. There was, well, this is a mill that goes back to the 1800s when it shut down in 2008, I believe. When it shut down, it was the longest operating sawmill west of the Mississippi River. Um, and, and so it was sad when the mill closed. But th there was a lot of company houses. All of, there was a like two, two streets of housing across Highway 200 from the mill. And then on the same side of Highway 200, um, as the mill was one row of houses. So you had, you know, basically three long rows of houses. I'm not sure the exact count, but it was probably 40, 50 houses. And it was company housing. It was owned by the mill. And so it was, it was mill employees who were allowed to rent there. 
and it was on a seniority basis, you know, whenever one, you know, somebody would retire and move away or whatever, and somebody else, you know, they, they the, the most senior person who wanted the house got it. Well, one day, one by, somebody had moved out of the house, and so he went over to inspect it, and uh, of course they always had to clean it and do some minor remodeling and stuff and, and everything for these houses, get them ready for the next renter. But he goes over there, and the people who had rented the house had never taken out their garbage. And they had stuffed several rooms in the house with trash bags full of garbage. As a result, as you may not know, trash bags are designed to decompose over time. You know, they're supposed to go into the dump and then they're supposed to decompose so that the stuff in the trash bag can decompose, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so over time, those trash bags break down. Well, they had rooms full of trash. And this had caused a severe mold infestation in the house. To the point that the house had to be demolished. They, they actually burnt it down with the local fire department using it for practice. So they lit it on fire, they put it out, they lit it on fire, they put it out, they lit it on fire, and put it out several times. And then they finally just let the remnants burn to the ground. Then they went in and bulldozed everything and hauled everything off and down to an empty lot. They never rebuilt there. But the house, what my point is, the house had become, had gotten in such a condition that it couldn't be fixed. It, the only way to fix it was to tear it down and start over. Um, it was just, it was a health hazard. And that's the condition of the American education system. It needs to be burnt to the ground and bulldozed, and an entirely new education system built. Um, don't know what that would look like. I don't see it as possibly happening. I, and this is one of the time I'm praying for the second coming, because I don't see... The only way our education system is going to collapse is if we have an entire societal collapse, which... I could envision quite easily looking at ancient Rome, looking at how the, you know, that once mighty empire fell apart. I can see the same thing happening to Western civilization. And indeed it seems to be happening much more rapidly than any of us had ever thought. So it could be that, you know, our society is going to collapse and, who knows what's going to replace it? But we could quite easily be having a new Dark Ages very soon. Um, 
again, sooner than any of us expected. So keep that in mind. Uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, that's what uh, the, the devotional we had this morning from John MacArthur said. Don't worry about it. And, and we shouldn't worry about it. God is sovereign. God is absolutely in charge. We should trust his will and trust his providence. But at the same time, you know, be like the men of Issachar, understanding the times. Know what's going on. And, and so as we look at this world in which we live and everything that's, that's taking place here, let us, you know, be thankful that God's in control. But uh, this corrupt culture is certainly in the process of falling flat on its face. And so we just need to trust God to get us through it. Um, and again, I'm, you know, praying for the second coming. You know, that's, that's, uh, let's, you know, put an end to all of this and bring in the reign of the Messiah and let righteousness rule indeed. Um, and that day is coming. It, uh, don't know how close it is, but it's closer now than it was yesterday. Oh, what else is in the news? We had uh, the release of the Epstein lists. So uh, this was testimony that was brought forth, I believe, in the lawsuit against um, Jelaine Maxwell, who was the, the associate of Jeffrey Epstein. Um, so this is naming people that were involved, um, but none of it has been a shock, uh, more embarrassment for England's Prince Andrew, um, who of course his mother had revoked all of his royal titles and royal duties. He is no longer a working royal, um, before her death, um, even though from from all uh, testimony I've heard that uh, she he was her favorite, <laughs> um, uh, but uh, you know he had he had messed up. He had lost all of his all of his titles and all of that because of his association with Epstein, which was just confirmed more and more in these papers that were listed. Um, Bill Clinton was a frequent visitor to Epstein. Uh, that also was no surprise. Um, there were a couple of mentions of former President Trump, but never in the connotation of any wrongdoing, which, uh, uh, much to the chagrin of many of his political enemies, um, so yeah, is, is anything going to come of this? Probably not. Did Epstein kill himself? Probably not. Um, is there a vast conspiracy to cover up the associations of many powerful people with Jeffrey Epstein? Oh yeah. 
just be honest here. Uh, it, it's the rich and powerful doing the evil things that rich and powerful people have always done, but doing it now in an age where uh, the Internet exists and more and more people are aware of it. But uh, you can go back in history and, and find despicable things being done by the rich and the powerful because they think they can get away with them going back millennia. Yet every one of them will stand before the Lord Jesus Christ on Judgment Day and give an account. that Nobody gets away with anything, folks. Nobody gets away with anything. And the people who think they got away with it in this life will find out that they got away with nothing. Um, so justice will be served. All right, folks, we're going to wrap it up there. That's our Monday meandering for this week. I had some other stuff on the list, but uh, I'm just going to hang it up there. My voice is kind of hashed, as you can tell. Um, and I don't know why, but like I think it's the lack of sleep. I, as I said, I didn't sleep well um, last night. So let us now recite our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now the colic for the first Sunday in Epiphany, which is yesterday. Epiph the Feast of Epiphany was Saturday. I mentioned on Friday that uh, Friday was Twelfth Night. The Feast of the Epiphany was Saturday, and so yesterday was the first Sunday of Epiphany. Eternal Father, at the baptism of Jesus, you revealed him to be your Son, and your Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. Grant that we, who are born again by water and the Spirit, may be faithful as your adopted children, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. And the colic for the renewal of life. O God, the King Eternal, whose light divides the day from the night and turns the shadow of death into the morning, drive far from us all wrong desires, incline our hearts to keep your law, and guide our feet into the way of peace, that having done your will with cheerfulness during the day, we may, when night comes, rejoice to give you thanks. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And for the unrepentant we pray. Merciful God, you desire not the death of sinners, but rather that they should turn to you and live. And through your only Son you have revealed yourself as the God who pardons iniquity. Have mercy on the unrepentant and those who do not believe. Awaken in them by your word and Holy Spirit a deep sense of their sinfulness and peril. Take from them all ignorance, hardness of heart, and contempt of your word. 
Grant them to know and feel that there is no other name under heaven given among men by which they must be saved, but only the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so bring them home and number them among your children, that they may be yours forever, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. All right, folks, that is Squirrel Chatter for this Monday, the 8th day of January 2024. I hope your work week gets off to a rousing start. Uh, wish you the best of Mondays. Hope the uh, Huskies win tonight. <laughs> I will be watching that game as well. Do the things you ought to do. Don't do the things you ought not do. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of the Lord. We'll see you again here tomorrow for another episode of Squirrel Chatter. Take care. God bless. Squirrel Chatter is recorded in front of a live studio hamster. 